0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of 3 News on Sunday. I am your host, Sonny, and today I'll be talking about some more wrestling. You know, I, like I said, this uh, new format of just me doing whatever I want is uh, liberating in some ways. could talk about things I always want to talk about. You know, I, I still would love to start a number of different podcasts, a number of different people, but obviously that requires time and man, time management and scheduling things, so... You know, just take with, the good, the bad, and we'll just roll with it. So, uh, for any use, any use, people's, we are going to be talking about, or I'm going to be talking about uh, the uh, the live premium, pay, whatever the hell they call it, live premium event, and the biggest party of this, of the biggest summer party of the year, SummerSlam WWE. Uh, was August 5th, 2023, which is about three days ago, if you're listening to the episode today. ah, oh, I hate WWE verbiage so much. Um, so, my quick thoughts, real quick, overall, the, the pay-per-view. Uh, just, you know, if just in case you want to listen to the whole thing. Overall, it, nothing was really terrible about the show, but I didn't, nothing really popped out. as like, wow, that was amazing, or anything over the top. Um... The favorite, favorite match of the night was uh, Gunther, uh, a.k.a. Volter, versus Drew McIntyre. And cool, uh, fun moment, uh LA Knight winning the Rumble, the little mini Rumble that they had. And my worst match of the night was Ronda Rousey versus Shana Bezla. you want to know more of my thoughts and all this kind of stuff, just keep on listening. I'll, I won't break down... Like move by move, second by second of each of each match, just kind of give my overall my my overall thought process of what I thought and kind of what I feel about those wrestlers and what I thought maybe was holding them back, possibly. So, yeah, overall, if I had to, if I had to grade it, uh, if I go off to Dave Dave Melzer's um, star rating system, I'd give it a give it a two point five. It's fine, it's average, it wasn't. Spectacular, nothing stood out, nothing was spectacular. Um, I'll talk about the Bloodline stuff in a second, but um, we'll kind of go from there. So, off the bat, I don't watch Raw week to week. I usually watch it on Instagram, or if I know the segment's pretty good coming up, I'll watch it, whatever. But overall, I kind of just watch the clips on on YouTube and Instagram, kind of catch up. Um, I I'll watch SmackDown, not in its entirety, but I'll watch like a good hour, hour and a half, depending on when I get home or, you know, whatever's going on on a Friday, uh, if I'm free. And then I'll usually watch NXT for a little bit, uh, week to week. So, that's kind of, just so you're aware, like, I'm not like, uh, I'm not watching this week to week and following every storyline and everything to the T, and I know what's going on. But overall, I have a good idea. So, to open up the show... Besides the young... Uh, the the, you know, this is the first time I actually sat down and, like, listened to the... Uh, What's it called? The, the, pre, the pre-show. the oh, But not again. Never never again. My God. that just Like, I know WWE is overly heavily produced as it is, but, man, just the verbiage continuously. The biggest party of the year. And just using those key phrases that WWE uses all the time to describe whatever they're talking about. You know, because they have to be... Different because they're entertainment; they're not wrestling. It was unbearable to, to listen to, even even with Booker and um, uh, I don't want to get her name wrong, uh, Charlie. I don't know her last name. Uh, were on there and Wade Barrett, which I'm a big fan of Wade Barrett. It, it was just unbearable, and they had Sam Roberts on there. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a big Sam Roberts fan, eh, so that was that was god off to listen to. I actually just turned it off and started watching. Twisted Metal on Peacock until the actual pay per view started. So to get this thing started, uh, surprisingly, uh, the first match of the night, the opener, was Ricochet versus Logan Paul. You know, i i I guess it, I, I guess this feud started back at the Rumble. It was one of those instances where you know it was just one of those things they just kind of had a beef. They, they kept escalating, beating the shit out of each other, and uh, eventually they they said, "Hey, let's have a match at WrestleMania." Uh, Listening to some of the the, um, the build up and stuff like that was fine. Um, WWE always does the the um, what's, it, what's it called the promo videos really well for 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 all their matches and big stuff like that. They're always really great at that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, the pre match or the, the the promo package play whatever is all cool. Uh, one thing that just didn't land right or didn't just kind of really came out of nowhere. Ricochet is married, or uh, is going to marry, or is engaged to the ring announcer. Uh, I think her name is Samantha something. And uh, Logan Paul brings 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 her in, and unlike uh, the go home show, and in a promo, you know, kind of insinuating that oh yeah, she, at the end of the match she'll be saying I'm the winner. I, he's supposed to be a i maybe a double entendre, but it it wasn't delivered well. It just it was kind of forced in there. I don't, I don't know why it was in there, but, and then with the, the way it turned out, but overall the match was pretty solid for the most part. Logan Paul definitely. Uh, Okay, so look, I don't want to give this man full credit because allegedly he's a piece of shit, right? Allegedly, Uh, the allegations, uh, all the allegations and everything on him, and you know all the other allegations of him just being a shitty person and scamming his fans out of money constantly and all that kind of stuff, and just allegedly running scam after scam after scam to to just get money and money and money, you know, and then like running away to Puerto Rico to to live there and, you know, avoid the taxes and, you know, live off the land and all that kind of stuff. There's just a lot of stuff about him. You know, I can never give him full credit because, you know, like, uh, what was it called? Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame, great, but he's a piece of shit fucking human being. I'm not going to give him his props, you know, so it is what it is, but his fundamentals... Um, in, in wrestling, Logan Paul seems to be grasping pretty well. You, you've seen this match; he's definitely focusing not only on the big spots, which were really cool to watch, but he, he, his, his fundamentals were definitely, you know, starting to definitely starting to show in a, in a good way. He seems to be picking up very well, which is good. And, you know, he—I think he was. Uh, well, I don't think they either his brothers graduated high school. I'm Not sure, but he, he was a, a wrestler in high school, I believe. So he here he has some like natural abilities when, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Ricochet was really good in the match. he's sometimes oversells a little bit too much, which is part of his whole stick. but for the most part, him being the underdog babyface has to battle back all the time works really well and uh, I thought he was I thought he, he put on a pretty good show in this match as well. Uh, the biggest problem, I guess is that obviously ricochet. Although he's a veteran, he's not that type of veteran. And what I mean by that is Logan Paul's matches against like Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, The Miz, you know, those guys are veterans that have been around for a long time and they know how to call a match, right? They know the ins and outs, they know how to pace things out and they know how to carry someone if needed. I don't think Ricochet's on that level of being able to call a match in the ring and being able to carry somebody if if they're not the best at it. They hit the, they, they hit their high spots well, you know, the facials were pretty well, but, it just, it felt, it felt uneven, because they obviously, uh, again, obviously the, the, high spots in this match were, was a highlight, because the, these two guys, you know, are known for doing that kind of stuff, and it, it overall was fine. Pacing was okay, so, sometimes it slowed down a little too much, or, you know, all that kind of stuff, but overall, I did really enjoy it, for, for what it was, um, for for what it's worth if, again if I'm gonna give it like a if if I was to give this like a, the, the the Melzer start the Melzer start rating uh two point5 out of five pretty it's a slightly above average match a decent opener but it didn't bring down the house there's a couple of cool spots that were like oh that's awesome but overall just kind of what you expected from these two with Logan Paul picking up the victory. By cheating with some brass knuckles and just hitting Ricochet right in the face, um, Logan Paul has a really good uh, working punch, so that that's you know that, that's another plus for him, I guess. Yeah, overall, give it to a two point five. Again, I, I might not exactly know how the Melzer rating works specifically, but to me, a two point five is, is like average. Uh, second match, surprisingly, because I oh not too much surprising I guess if you know Brock Lesnar if he if he doesn't go on last he he wants to get on he wants to get on early and he wants to get the hell out of there so second match was Brock Lesnar versus the American Cody my father's name is Dusty Rhodes the promo the, the promo video for this uh, match was really good. Uh, <laughs> It was a little little too melodramatic for my taste with the piano music and all that kind of stuff. But with Cody and his character, it was right up right up his alley. And that's exactly what a Cody promo video would look like before a match. Um, this match started, this few started, what, like the day after WrestleMania? Uh, or the, the Mania, uh, Raw after, after Mania. You know, Cody Rhodes loses because he got cheated out. Uh, of the belts, no surprise. Um, uh, he, he comes up to Roman, oh, yeah, I challenge you to a fight, and blah, 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 blah oh, the only past champion could be your partner in this tag match, and Brock comes out, oh, yeah, they're all buddy-buddy, and then right before the match starts, for the main event, Brock just turns on Cody, and that was it. They just started feuding after that. You know, I can only assume that although I think absolutely 100% that Cody should have won the belt at WrestleMania, and people were like, well, no, it was the plan. Maybe it was, maybe, but you, you had the momentum. You should have pulled the trigger. You didn't, and now with the bloodline storyline continuing, and it's basically civil war, and in fighting, and now the belt is just being is just being held hostage within the bloodline. Now, it you would have dropped it to Cody, I think there would have been a lot more. Reason for the bloodline to continue, especially with the story that they currently have right now with bloodline and Roman Reigns. I think it would have added a lot more to the fact that Roman lost his belt. But here we are. And I can could, I could also assume that while that, that build up to WrestleMania was amazing because Cody was coming back from an injury off of having his, his peck basically torn off the bone, uh, having a match with Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. You know, just taking off that big nasty bruise he had in his chest gave us a really damn good match, and then he did disappear for I want to say like six seven months. Got healthy, got better, got got in great shape, came back. I think this was the original plan before he got hurt, because in those seven months I could see him feuding with with Roman, uh, I mean with Brock and a couple other people, and then taking the belt off of him, of of um, of Roman at WrestleMania. But since it was shortened. Because of the injury, I think they decided to pivot and change the the, the story a, a bit, where the ending is not the beginning, the beginning is not the ending. So that was fun. I, I, that's a lot of build, a lot of prelude, and a lot of uh, stuff to add for the match. But just give you context that that it just kind of it's like putting, it's like having the make, it's like having the, the the main character in the movie fight the bad guy lose, and then have to go through his his training arc, right after, which could, in theory, work if if, if done correctly, but usually they don't hand, handle it that well. So so far, hopefully, now that this is over, you know, Cody can continue moving on towards chasing the belt again, and hopefully, he can get that that belt sooner and later. Because I think if you stretch it out too long, people just get tired of Cody. Because I, I I I will admit when uh, Cody joined the AEW was a little so so for me. Mainly because I think he had too much power in his, in his, uh, in his say so, and it definitely hurt him a lot. But you know mm-hmm. the, the the constant Cody references, uh, Dust Dusty Rhodes uh, references, and him almost on a verge of, the verge of tears and the good old American spirit and good old uh, give it the good old uh, college try, it gets really old real real soon. So, I hope they do something or are able to do something different with Cody here real soon and just keep that momentum going. Well, he still gets a really good pop and he still gets a lot of uh, fan interactions. Obviously, it was nowhere near than when he first started and when he was uh, on the road to WrestleMania. Um, so, the match overall, um, I don't think it was the best out of the three matches. It was fine. Um, it was very basic David versus Goliath match. It was, um, I think, oh, it was it, it was just a normal match. But you you would assume by by the way that it played out that it was a um, last man standing match. Uh, basically, what it was is just Brock just was annihilating Cody throughout the match. Uh, Cody would would get a would get a little uh, fire back. would we'll, we'll start getting a little um, come back, and then boom, it just Brock would cut it off and the big the big story of this was that Brock would just obliterate Cody outside the ring roll back inside let the ref just start counting down for you know or counting to to 10 and Cody every time had to get up and give his big old you know baby face american yeah i could do this all and just and give his old uh goku uh yelling screaming roll back uh, roll back in the ring like just being just beating the, um, the 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 count, I think that happened like four or five, possibly. I could be over exaggerating six times, but there were times where it's just like, okay, I get it. You know, this match is dragging on a little bit. It's good. Uh, Cody's uh, comebacks are really nice. Uh, he hit like when um, the comebacks, he hit the the, um, what, the the Cody Cutter off of the middle rope, and then ran up ran up the uh, turnbuckles top rope. Cody. Uh, Cody Cutter from the top. That was really cool. Um, you know, it, Again, uh, a match that had really good moments in there. Um, really solid work. I mean, look, Brock Lesnar is a GOAT. He's on that top tier of top tier guys. He knows how to sell. He knows how to work. Uh, he, he knows how to do all. Like Obviously, he doesn't want to do something. He's not going to do it. But when he's either motivated or is paid very well, Brock is one of the best to ever do it. And his facial expressions... Are by on some of the best you're gonna find, even today with with all the companies, all the, all the wrestlers we have. He's still one of the best in, in that area, and Cody is just as good as well. So you know, again, as much as it's kind of like, okay, I get it, I get it. Just move the story along. They they kept your interest enough to be like, okay, this is good, I like it. Let's let's keep going. All right, awesome. The ending was nice, you know. Again, Cody gets a big comeback. And then he hits. He has to. Um, he hits the the crossroads three times in a row. Really nice. A uh, little sloppy, but that also worked because obviously Cody was tired. You know, Barack is tired. They're they're both just kind of like, oh well, here we go. Yeah, one and then two and then three, and then uh, Cody gets the win. Clean win. No shenanigans. No tomfoolery. Really good. A solid ending. And then we end with Brock getting up looking like maybe he's going to get pissed off and start swinging on him again uh takes off his gloves takes his gloves off uh gets uh forehead to forehead with Cody says something kind of kind of gives him like a little headbutt not maliciously but just like yeah and then extends his hand for a uh, for a handshake gives the old bro bro handshake brings him in for a hug raises raises his hand uh, on all four corners of the ring or for fourth sides of the ring and that was it Cody it's, it's essentially Brock basically saying I'm passing torch on to you kid you know there's a lot of rumors that I think next either next WrestleMania or next SummerSlam it's like Brock's last match like we're like in the, in the end game with Brock and if that's so you know like I said it's a goat that's going to be leaving with a controversial history but also one of the best Strings of matches and character work—you you you've probably seen in such a long time. You know uh, when he's boring, he's unbear- unbearable to watch. But if you remember those those Kurt Angle days of Brock and him being buddies, fantastic. The stuff he did with Eddie Guerrero was great. Um, Farmer Brock is one of my favorite iterations of him. You know the guy the guy is truly truly is a goat of the industry. Like him or hate him, you know it's you know he's he he's up there. So, there's not much else to say about that. Overall, I would give it a three out of five. Uh, it was above average match. It was good. It, it was a very solid match. Um, I was hoping for a bigger payoff for more investment, like we had with the Roman match. But uh, when it comes to Brock again, you you know what you're getting. You're, you're getting a lot of um, a lot of suplexes, a lot of tosses, a lot of just yeah. Uh, Brock screams so. Yeah, uh, probably could have been a little bit more to desire, but overall, again, three out of five, solid match. Uh, what was next on the card here? Oh, the uh, <laughs> the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal. Uh, I think there was twenty guys in the match. Um, most notably, uh, Tommaso Ciampa was in there as well. He had some. He had a good run as well. The uh, man, what are they called? the bruiser boys the batter boys the the peaky blinders uh you know Seamus, uh Rich Holland and uh he him Pete done but they changed his name to butch I think uh, whatever uh they had some good man some good moments in there as well carrying cross and AJ continuing their their feud in the Rumble. this wasn't uh you hate using the word but like uh jobber and undercard battle royal like there were some decent names in there some guys that have been been uh, who've been on on top in main events held titles you know overall it's pretty good with LA Knight being the biggest guy I think LA Knight LA Knight AJ Styles and maybe Sheamus and maybe one or two other people actually had entrances by the time we we got to the start uh, majority of everyone was already in the ring like three or four guys got their entrances done which was cool um But yeah, I mean, if you've seen one Rumble, you've seen them all. Obviously obviously the Royal Royal Rumble, the the main one is the best. It's fun. You never know what's going to happen. Cool spots. This is just mainly to get as many guys on the uh, premium live event and get their bonuses and all that kind of stuff as they possibly can. Works for the most part. Um, The biggest thing, LA Knight. Yeah. Finally gets a win. Actually looks good. Look look strong throughout the Rumble. Finally kind of, maybe this is uh, going to be his turn to get some more wins on him and kind of push him more because obviously, again, like, WWE loves to say, oh yeah, these are organic guys but organic means that we made them and then we pushed them to the moon and we made sure that you guys know these are supposed to be the guys. But LA Knight was natural, you know. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of videos on Instagram going like, this was him on, uh, you know, january two thousand twenty three and here he is in 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 july with with a huge pop now like going from from no reaction to just absolute you know blow the roof off type of um cheering and again w w e is very much um I, I think they've said it and and it's hundred percent almost hundred percent proven i think at this point that they they funnel in noise you know so if you're watching on t v they have loud boos and cheers that actually might not be happening. You know they're kind of piping in those those sounds to make it sound like the fans are more engaged than they actually are. You can usually tell when the fans are actually really into it. When L.A. Night won, and you hear all the L.A. Night, yeah, chants. That's that's really the the fans talking. So you know he got all over organically. Came out, just did did his thing. He just kept doing it. They they, they let him do his thing, and he got over. You know everywhere L.A. Night goes. Either either Eli Drake or La Knight, the man gets over. You know, he he is. You know, um, there's a big controversy. You know, when Kevin Nash like this guy just a rip off for of the Rock and and So Cold. If you're gonna rip off guys, you gotta rip off the best, right? And he does it very well. And yeah, AEW is a whole different uh, catalog of episodes to go on. I won't touch it too much, but like MJF, who I like a lot. Very boring, same promos, very, very same shtick. He has to swear and go, go, go for low hanging fruit to get those reactions. Eli Knight just naturally just oozes charisma, just like, uh, just like um, MJF. But it just feels more natural coming off of Eli Night. Like, yeah, this guy thinks he's all that. He carries himself like he's a superstar, and he acts like a superstar. You know, uh, and that's that. That's uh, that's probably another big reason why Eli Knight got over as well, because he just he's the man. Yeah. So, Ellen Knight wins. Uh, it's 2. I'll give it 2.5 out of 5 stars. Pretty solid overall. But again, like I said, it's fine. Uh, biggest note was Ellen Knight gets the win. And then, uh, Instagram refers this to as the uh, the bathroom break match uh, Shannon Baszler versus Ronda Rousey match in an MMA rule fight, which. Those rarely ever work. I don't know why they continue to try to push that the narrative like this an MMA fight, like it's a real fight. It's supposed to already be assimilating a real fight. And you tell people that it's not a real fight by having a real fight in the middle of the ring, it just kinda defeats the purpose, right? I look, I'm not a fan of either of these two wrestlers. Uh the the four horse the four horse women of MMA. Uh great. I mean, Ronda for sure, the other three, I guess. Um, but, you know, look at the records. They were never that great, I think. Uh, Ken Zaro. Uh, oh, no, Ken Zaro. Um, Gina Carano be like two out of four of them. No problem. They, they never got the match versus Ronda Rousey. But, you know, it is what it is. So, watched it. it's boring. It was kind of a short match. Uh, it's ba- I think it's basically confirmed at this point that this is Ronda R- Rousey's last match. She's leaving or is getting ready to leave. Pretty soon from WWE, uh, it just she never really improved, Ronda. In my opinion, um, she's always been like when she has matches with good wrestlers, like let's say like uh, Rhea or Charlotte or Bailey or Becky, you know they can cover up her flaws and she looks really good. But when you put her up against people like a Shots, a Shotzi Blackheart or Liv Morgan, sorry Liv Morgan fans, I, I just I don't see it. I don't get it. I, I she, she's cool. I like her and all, but I I don't get. The, the crazy love she 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 gets besides you know her being a short little blonde cute girl that's let's be honest that's what a lot of you weirdos just just look at oh she's so cute um they, they they can't hide her flaws as much when you have other people who can't uh ever rely on other people's skills and again there's nothing really significant about the match that I thought was like that stood out at all as memorable uh you know Shenaz gets the uh, what well she got well she got the uh, the rear naked choke in. Uh, Ronda Rousey tapped out. I don't think she tapped out. I think she just passed out. They called the match. That was it. Not much to it. I, I'll give it a, uh, a 1.5. It wasn't. It, it no, nothing. What it was entertaining. The buildup was meh at best. Uh, nothing special. So it is. What it is. Shannon Blazer wins. Again, uh, I probably said it, but I might not have said her name. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm still learning how to re- uh, review this stuff and make it sound natural. Uh, and then comes to my favorite match of the night, which I had problems with it, but it was the one that I was most excited for. Um, Gunther, a.k.a. Volta Das Ring General, versus Drew McIntyre. Um, Gunther's a, Gunther's a star. I don't, you know, he, he is fantastic at what he does, his, he, he's like a, a foreign Kurt Angle, he's very traditional, he's very, stand. he's very, and when I mean standard, is very much the hard-hitting, you know, hard-hitting, uh, style, it's not strong style, uh, uh, it's, it's not gone style either, but it's like hard hitting. It's it's it feels real. It feels authentic. There's no glitz and glamor to it. It's just bare knuckle, drag it out, gr- grit your teeth, and get that win type of style. And it works really well for a lot of people. And overall, so overall, I would personally give the match three out of five stars. Because um, because again, it, it is it, it is good, but I think the biggest issue with the match comes with drew mcintyre himself I, I i do like drew mcintyre i think he's a very i think he's a very good talent um he's got the look he's got the attitude you know the the man the man is built like a like a fucking truck but there's just something about his matches that they're they're not memorable his style's not memorable a lot of things about him are just kind of there you know, the last great match for Drew McIntyre like I can think of was NXT when he lost the belt to Andrade. Um, I can't figure out what takeover it was. You know Drew, like uh, they hurt his arm in the match, and they had to do a pivot, and uh, Andrade had, uh, won the belt off him. That was his best match that I can recall. Uh, the, the second match would be uh, the, the three-way. It was uh, Sheamus versus Drew versus Gunther at uh, Clash of the Castle last year. I think it was, shit, I think it might have been last year. Damn, I think it was last year. Yeah, Clash of the Castle uh, in the UK, and that's because he had those two other guys with him, uh, with him in the match to make it, you know, better. But, yeah, it's just, it's not that he doesn't have charisma. It's not that he can't work. I don't know, just something about Drew just kind of drags everything down a little bit, and I hate saying that, but... You know Walter had you know the the Walter had uh, had his chops. They had their exchanges. Their pacing the pacing of the match was very well done. Um, the 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 crowd was into it for the most part, uh, but it just like I said like with Drew in the match it's just the the match lacked that kind of like awesomeness that it had. Because again like um on the WrestleMania it, it, it was it was a three way match. Uh, the classic ca- clash of the castle was just drew uh, was just Seamus versus Gunther, and that's where those guys blew the roof off that place. That was like the best match of the night. Um, so you know, Gunther has put on some fantastic matches. He knows how to do that with people. He uh, just like just like the the goats names that I brought up earlier. He brings out the best in people, and he knows how to work with them. He knows how to work around their flaws, and he knows how to make them work up to his level while still keep while still allowing them to do their thing. That's why Gunther is so fucking good, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, it just it was missing something, and I think Drew is that X factor that kind of brings down a lot of rivalries. Even when Drew beat Brock at uh, COVID WrestleMania, I think it was COVID, COVID WrestleMania two. It was, it just it was it was underwhelming. It was fine. It just. Yeah, I hate, I hate saying that, but I think Drew is a problem. And I really, really hate saying that. Uh, I don't know if this feud is over. I hope it is for, for, for Gunther's sake that he can continue to carry that uh, IC title for at least another month and a half to beat Hon- um Honky Tonk's record for longest reigning champion. Um, I think The Miz has the most IC wins of all time. Uh, Honky Tonk has the longest reign with the belt, and Gunther is like a month and a half away from breaking that. So there was no. I I don't I don't think they were gonna drop the title to him. So I thought the the match was pretty um, kind of self evident what was gonna happen. So, but yeah, like I said, oh, uh, Gunther wins and uh, continues his his reign as the IC champion, as Dathring General continues to to just march his way through the fields and. Chasing his history. So again, three out of five stars. My personal favorite match of the night. And um, yeah, hmm. I guess Cody would be my second favorite match. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Um, moving on from that. After that was, oh yeah, there was more. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. I, I know it's Balor, but let's say Balor. Uh, For the World Heavyweight Championship here. Uh, Promo video was good again. Uh, You know, playing playing out the fact that it's been seven years since uh, Seth Rollins uh, forced, uh, you know, um, Balor was the first Universal Champion. Won the belt uh, against Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins uh, power power bombed him onto the um, barricade. Messed up his shoulder. Next day and Raw, he had to vacate the title. You know, didn't even get like an, like an official day reign of it. Um, seven years working his way back up there. At, and didn't play off that very well. You know, Seth Rollins came out. He, he was wearing the exact same vest he wore seven years ago when he uh, injured F- F- Finn Balor. Uh, Balor, where um, um, the incision for his surgery for a soldier, for his shoulder, he spelled... Seven and then years on, on, on his chest, which was a cool touch. Um, I don't know, man. Overall, the match was fine, I guess. Um, I, nothing really stuck out about it. It didn't feel epic. It didn't feel awesome. Obviously, the Judgment Day came in to try to cause some ruckus, and uh, ultimately, at the end, Seth Rollins ended up winning. Um, again, there, there, there was no like, it wasn't egregiously short or just like, just trash match or anything like that. It, it it was good. It was well-paced, some decent spots. But I don't know. It just – I won't lie. I'm not the biggest fan of Seth Rollins. Uh, I think as a wrestler, yeah, he's absolutely fantastic, 100%. He's great. But I, his, characters, his character choices and his mic work, especially right now when he's in his – like he's doing his um, Frank the Clown – Frank the Clown impression, it's, it's 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 so shitty. And it's like it's not even like heat that I like. It's not even like, like bad, like good heat. I just, I just like bad heat. I want him to go away. Shut up. But the fans are always behind him. You know, the I will say he, his his entrance is cool when the, when the fans start, oh, 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 they start doing that whole chant. That's pretty cool. But yeah, he just comes out with stupid clothes and ah ha ha, ah, ha, ha, ha stupid laughs. He's annoying to me. Even when he's a babyface, he's boring. You know, the best the best thing character work he ever did was when he was with the Shield. Even then, he was just you know as the architect, and you know that was just his thing. He was just technically the leader of the group. Even corporate Seth, I wasn't that big fan of. I don't I don't get it overall. Like as as again as a wrestler, an athlete, as as a worker, he's fantastic. Absolutely, I'll, I'll never deny that skills. But I don't know. I just I'm tired of his. Of his schticks. I Think he's not that great. I'm a huge fan of Finn. You know Finn, AJ, and Chelsea Green. Uh, that's a whole story for another episode. But they kind of helped me get back into wrestling again as a fan. You know, I would occasionally watch here and there. But those those three got me back into wrestling, and I've been in I've been heavy back into it like the past seven uh, seven years, maybe eight. So, yeah. So Finn's always gonna have a special place in my heart. For that, but the match overall I would give it a two point five out of two point five out of five. Uh n- another above average match. It was good. It was fine. It uh moved the show along. Uh, what was after that? Ah, Asuka versus Charlotte versus Bianca Belair. Mm. Mm. It's good. Right off the bat, I'll give it a two point five. Uh, another again, another solid, another solid above-average match. It was good. Um, it's fine. And it, you know, I think it's it's hard to do triple threat matches very well. Obviously, you have like Triple H versus Shawn Michaels versus Chris Benoit. I know we're not supposed to say, say the name out loud, but you know that's like one of the best examples of of doing a three-way match correctly. A lot of times, it's just you know, let's. Getting up with this person, throw them out. Let, let's work, and then the third person comes in, knocks out one person, and then those two go at it. And then the one that was knocked out hits hit someone else out, and they you know they go back and forth, and a couple good, cool spots and all that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, like a lot of fans were tired of Charlotte just coming in, being wedged in, in, into matches because yes, she is a goat as well. She's fantastic, incredible, incredible wrestler. One of the best females, if not the best female wrestler alive today, if not of all time. You know, Rhea Ripley is still young. She still has, you know, a lot more years to prove that she can continue this, but she'll be up there as well. You know, Becky is on that list, Bailey, Sasha even. Uh, you know, uh, when you think of legends, those those five names will go up there, and there's a bunch of other ones as well. But, again, that's on the A-W side. like Jamie Hayter possibly could as well. And, uh, you know, obviously you have uh, Kyrie, yeah you have Shara, you got – Asuka, you got a lot of these wrestlers, these little female wrestlers that are really great, 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 like top-tier work stuff. But Charlotte above all is by far one of the greatest female wrestlers of all time. Well that being said, WWE likes to shove her down our fucking throat. And it's just constantly oh every year she comes in, we'll win the belt, and then oh yeah, the you know the, the big baby face comes in and and gets it? That's that. I can't keep. We can't keep having her be the end boss every single time. We have other people for that. You, you got to start working on making new talent, as, as that like you know big threats. Because Charlotte, she gets shoved in out of everywhere when we want to see other other women get their opportunities and slowly start to move up the the ranks. They get their knees chopped off from under them because Charlotte has to be there because Charlotte is Ric Flair's daughter. You know, it's annoying. Although, again, she puts on great matches. It's annoying. Um, so that kind of probably brought down just a little bit because everyone thought she was going to win because we're everyone was pretty sure that uh, EO, e, Eo Sky, formerly known as Io Shirai, was going to cash in her Money in the Bank pre- briefcase. Spoiler, she did. But Bianca won. Um and then you know she gets her time celebrating. And then damage control, was theme plays, and uh, EO comes running down with Bailey. Bailey takes the case and just wallops uh, Asuka and wallops um, Charlotte right in the head, which was a nice touch. And then she came in, uh, EO smashed a breakcase over uh, Bianca's head, gave it to Bailey to cash it in. They cashed it in, and EO Sky with the cash in and is your new women's champion. Uh, it's good. You know, I'm again. I am a big fan of EO Eo Sky as well. Um, again, the fact that we never got a a trios um, team or a faction with Asuka, EO, and Kyrie Sane when she was with WWE still is still shame shameful in WWE for not making that happen. That would have been one of the greatest women factions of all time. I'm calling it. Um, uh, it wasn't quite the same, but obviously EO and Kyrie were with the Black Lotus on Lucha Underground with uh, with two other, I think it was, uh, oh no, I was like, oh no, I forgot her name, forgot their names, I don't want to butcher their names, so I'm not going to try, because I don't want to be, because I will be wrong, and it's going to sound bad, so um, the fact they never carried that over here and had Asuka join, join those two is just a shame, but she got her belt, um, um, Dakota Kai, who is currently injured, popped into the ring to Congratulate Io on her big win. She's not she's not officially back, but she wanted to be there to support her uh, her, her her group, and those three seemed to have a genuine friendship, which is nice to see. Uh, so that was always really cool to see in that moment. She had a moment. It was cool. It was it was it was a good it was a good solid catch in. and yeah, over like the overall match got two point five. I don't I think if if it was anyone else but Charlotte in that match, it probably might have bopped up to like a three, probably but even with the cash in it's still two point five so that was okay match it was a good match you know again unfortunately nothing special and then leads us to the main event and Roman reigns the tribal chief versus main event Jey ui uh well, they were in a here uh see here I want to see try to remember what they called it uh the uh, final match arguably only worth being called the main event used by the chance. Uh tr- tribal combat. A tribal combat match. Which is basically no no hold bars, no no disqualification, do whatever you want to do. Um I'm not a big fan of no disqualification matches usually. Again there are exceptions where that works. Uh Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai in NXT or to. Tommaso Ciampa versus uh, Johnny Gargano in a, you know, in no holds Bar, no, no DQ match, great stuff, right? And there's other great examples, but usually, it's just a big excuse to just do a bunch of spots, through tables and chairs, and uh, there was one one nice thing that was a little different. Jay brought out the the leather strap and started whipping Roman. That was cool. That was nice. You you rarely ever see that. It's usually a kendo stick, and while that looks. Cool and sounds cool. The leather strap, just you know, for, uh, for 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 I can tell you right now, for Mexicanos, it it brings back a lot of a lot of dark memories. Just getting our, getting our asses beat with the belt, but it just it seems more visceral and sounds better to me than the Kendo stick. So that so when it is used, it, it I think is used wisely. But yeah, like I said, overall it was just kind of just back and forth doing nonsense stuff to each other and. Jay looked like he was ready to go over. He was going to be ready to be be Tribal Chief, but then uh, he gets pulled out of the ring by a by a hooded uh, mystery man who reveals, his, takes off his hoodie, takes off his bandana, and it's Jimmy, Jimmy Uso, Jay's brother, who turned on him. What the fuck is going on, right? It, if you've been following the Bloodline match, you know that Jimmy is the one that turned on Roman first, and Jay just said, hey, you out, then I'm out. And they both super kick Roman. They both uh, super kick Solos Koa. Bada bing, bada boom. Had a um, uh, civil war. The Usos would would be Roman and um, uh, Solo in a, in a tag match uh, with Jimmy, no, with Jay, I believe, uh, pinning Roman. And like, it's the first time that uh, Roman's lost, like, in two, three years. And that's how we got to where we are. Jimmy got injured, taken out by by Sokola, and you know Jay was like, "That's it, man. That's it, man. We're going right now." And that's when the whole tribal tribal chief stuff happened. Like, if you win, you are tribal chief. Yeah, yeah. And again, the the, the bloodline is by far the best stuff on WWE hands down. Right? There's nothing close to anything on the other shows that are even close to a, hand, a, a candlestick to to this. But and I think that this might be the moment that they jumped the shark. Because Jimmy interfering with Jay. And when Jimmy's the one that instigated the, the whole breakup in the first place of, of the bloodline. Causing Jay to leave. Because Jay was... <laughs> Jay, Jay was a good bitch, right? No matter what happened. The stuff with Sammy. Always stuck by his brother's side. He says, my brother, where you go, I go, right? If if you were the bloodline, I'm with the bloodline. And it's, you know, Jay, Jay, <laughs> Jay, is, Jay is, fucking Jay's good. Jay and Jimmy are fucking fantastic. They, their their skills in the mic have just gotten better and better every year. Their acting is fantastic. Um, They just really know what they're doing on the mic. And, you know, these guy's just, although it's usually the same tones and inflection, what they say is always different. And, it's just it feels visceral and raw, right? And again, with that being said, with Jimmy tur- turning essentially turning on Jay, like what the hell's going on? Like you really extending this more to a part that now we're just doing twist upon twist upon twist. This is how, you know, I, I, they've they've managed to keep the storyline, the bloodline fresh, from you know, you know with. You know Jimmy with J- uh, Jimmy being hurt and Jay having to fight Roman and him kind of being like Jay, you my bitch now you do what I say to a hey, convince your brother to fall in line before I gotta bust his head open and then so- Sokola uh, Soko- uh Sokoa being called up and joining them as the enforcer saying that the you know the the tribal member sent me Sokola to keep everyone in line and then when uh, bringing in um, Sammy. Uh, with that with you know with the whole you know you know being oh you, you you know he you know he's not feeling too usy right now and him being the uh, unofficial unofficial official member of the bloodline right that's great stuff and then the Kevin Owens stuff yeah. with Sammy and Kevin versus the Bloodline was great they kept that going and then after that Roman going off off the rails and then Jimmy realizing he got to break off from this he got to save his brother he's you know telling him you know yeah I'm gonna do what you should have done a long time ago. And causing the Civil War to the Civil War to where we are now, and then the guy that instigated that trade turns on his brother. Unless they come out, and I haven't watched the the Raw that the, did the, the, just uh, the Raw after SummerSlam, so I don't know what happened. But if he doesn't come out being like basically just saying that like he was bribed or like he was um, blackmailed by the tribal elders to fall in line. It just—it just feels like they're jumping the shark with it now, and that—that that story is definitely kind of run its course. And we're—we probably should have ended it. If not, we should be in the end game. But it feels like just another twist that trying to extend it for a whole another year. That's why I think Cody winning the belt in WrestleMania would have pushed this better, because the whole infighting would have made a lot more sense than Roman was losing his mind because he lost his belt. He doesn't have that power anymore. And he started taking out on his family. And that's when the Civil War started. Because Jimmy was like, I gotta save my brother and get him out of this. And instead, it's just Roman just being like, yeah, I'm, I'm the best. And just continuing to to like pull his weight around. It is what it is. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that they surprise me again. Like they have at every turn with the bloodline that they continue this. Because without the bloodline, I don't know if WWE does as well. Like Smackdown's bringing in th- over three million people Fridays on Fridays live right raws two anything from two to two point five people two point two to two point five million viewers on mondays n x t bringing in its solid six to seven hundred maybe eight hundred thousand fans right without the bloodline I don't think those numbers stay there uh, i I think Smackdown would stay at two Raw would be at one point five uh, NXT would probably still be where it's at. It, it, you know, it's just one of those things that you get used to watching. You just keep watching, right? And again, NXT is a whole nother episode that I that I want to touch on and break down some of those people. But overall, that was SummerSlam 2023. Um, I, some good moments, some good spots, some good storytelling, but it just none of it felt epic. It didn't feel. Like there was any closure in any of these matches, it just felt like it was another decent to pretty good live premium event episode, right? You know, obviously, I don't know. It just it felt it just felt mid card at best, and nothing really popped out. Again, like I say, even the match that I loved the most was still had a lot of problems with it, or stuff that that held it back. Um, so I don't know. We're gonna see what happens uh with moving forward with bloodline and WWE in general because there was still a lot of stuff that was, you know, left out in the show. Like Rhea, one the hottest female uh acts that you got right now, isn't on the card. You couldn't you couldn't get her a match. You couldn't give her like a like a month and a half feud to get up to here. Uh she's been dealing with hanging out with Dom when he, he wins the North American title in NXT. Um uh with uh um what is it, Trish? And Becky's feud not culminating here um, uh, on SummerSlam, but uh, potentially uh, just a random match in Raw. You know, what the hell is that about? You know, there's plenty of things. There's no tag. There, there was no tag belts on the line whatsoever. Obviously, Kevin Kevin is hurt, but, you know, he could have done something. That's what happens when you give both titles one, one to one person. Just unifying the belts... I I know I understand visually it's cool to have them carry two belts each but just give them a universal belt that looks nice that looks that looks really good and that's it Either that or sp- split the belts again uh women's titles belts nothing uh you know it just I don't know I don't know uh Summerslam just felt incomplete. It didn't feel as epic as it should have. Cause I remember growing up. Now I grew up. Now I I was a kid during the Attitude Era, but I was a, I was a young kid, to teenager during the the ruthless aggression era, which was my time with with the brand split and all that kind of stuff. That was my that was my jam uh, with the invasion, um, the the brand split, all all, all that good stuff. Um... SummerSlam felt special and awesome because for a lot of us kids and teenagers, it was like the last pay per view you would watch before you had to go back to school. Like, the, either next week or in two weeks, you had to go back to school. It was, it was like your big blowout for like the, the, the summer, right? Was watching SummerSlam. Uh, it just felt kind of meh. And I think that's the problem with these quote unquote live premium events, they just don't carry that weight. You know, a Royal Rumble will always carry that weight. Uh, WrestleMania will always have that weight. Summer uh, uh, Survivor Series kind of carries that weight still. They haven't really done much with it, but you know it in, it it is like that. And SummerSlam used to be like that fifth pay-per-view, but it hasn't really felt special in a while. So I don't know. There's ways to fix it. Uh, obviously, the, the the brand split I think is done unevenly, and there's just things that are missing. And there's as many people as they have on their roster, they they still can't manage to get people, um, time and stuff like that. So I don't know. But overall, like I said, it was mid card at best. And I I wish I would liked it more, especially on a night that was filled with a lot of stuff. We had the UFC card, we had uh, Jake Paul versus uh, Nate Diaz, and we had SummerSlam all in the same night. So you know, it's just SummerSlam didn't did no favors by. Basically being the the least in, interesting out of all out of all those events, um, which is sad to say. But let me know what you guys thought. Um, for, for 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 Spotify listeners, I'm gonna put it, uh, the question of the day: Was you what would you rate? What would you rate SummerSlam 2023 out of five stars? Let me know. Other than that, guys, I think I'm gonna call it there. Thank you for listening to another episode. Uh, three hundred on a Sunday. Who knows what I'll talk about next? So stay tuned, and you'll you'll find out. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Peace.